Buccaneers fans, special edition of the Ira Kaufman podcast right here at Radio Row at the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. Man, this is a special episode for a lot of reasons. I'm Steve Isbitz of JoeBucksFan.com. Lee DeCamper of JoeBucksFan is here. Rock Riley, host of the Rock Stops Here podcast. I'm a regular listener, is here. The iconic multimedia guru, Rock Riley. And uh, Ira is going to be joining us by phone. And special guest, Todd Bowles. We'll be here on the podcast as well, checking in for an exclusive interview, which was a lot of fun. And uh, it's been a wild first day here at the NFL Scouting Combine. All this fun that we're delivering today is presented by Bill Curry Ford. It's Ford Truck Month. Bill Curry Ford, a mile north of Raymond James Stadium on the east side, home of the nationwide lifetime warranty on new vehicles, 0% financing, Lee, on so many options now. Hurry up, because these offers will end. And uh, Sean Sullivan, our good friend, the general manager, he will not end. He is there for our readers and listeners. Uh, ask for the Ira Kaufman discount. Ask for the Joe Bucks fan discount. And Sean is going to hook you up with uh, just information. All you got to do is ask him, say, Sean, I need some help. You know, like Rock, Rock, you could call him, Sean up and say, hey, I'm looking to get a new vehicle in May. What, what do I do? What do you think? He's the best. And he's going to uh, give you some guidance. And it's great to have a real general manager in the business there to guide you check it out billcurryford.com billcurryford.com and our draft party uh, rock if you haven't heard it's confirmed ebor city big storm brewery brand new tap room upstairs right there in centro ebor and it's going to be a blast it's a huge location they got a little bit of outdoor seating april 27th opening night big storm brewery going to be there rock oh well you think i'd be anywhere else and especially the new one Definitely. And if you want to go to one buck, this is a good thing, Rock. If you want to, uh, you know, do both, you can. 15-minute Uber ride from one buck. Perfect. There you go. In. So uh, Lee, uh, hopefully Lee will do uh, do both as well. <laughs> and so we're excited about that. BigStormBrewery.com. Find the tap rooms in Ybor City, Cape Coral, at the Amway Center in Orlando, and, of course, the flagship location, 49th Street in Clearwater, beautiful outdoor patio there. And in Odessa, the list keeps going for Big Storm. What are the hours at Ebor? They're a little bit later, and they're going to be changing as they adjust with all the new traffic flow coming in there. But get to BigStormBrewery.com, click on the tap room, you'll see the hours, or follow all the locations on social media at their specific location. So, hey, go to Facebook, Big Storm, Odessa, you'll see the hours, the specials, the food, it's great. Hey, pulled an Al Gore there. Go to my website. Best Wiley. All right, so here we are at the Combine. I got to say, my biggest impressions from Jason Light talking sidebar and then uh, to the podium with the national media, Todd Bowles, sidebar, and national media not talking about what Bowles said on the podcast because everyone will hear that soon. But my biggest impression was, one, the confidence of Todd Bowles. Seems very confident that every this is all according to plan. We knew Brady was leaving. This is not some sort of hanging our heads. What are we going to do next? The plan is going to be executed. And I just felt good about that, you know, because we're all wondering what's next. I felt a lot of confidence. Otherwise, from Bowles, he's preparing to say goodbye to some people. And I thought it was interesting. He talked about his secondary. He sort of said, well, you know, those young defensive backs – We'll be friends for years. You know, if they leave, it's not like I won't see them again. Those guys, Mike Edwards, Murphy, Bunting, Dean, you know, we'll be friends 10, 15, 20 years from now. So I'm not worried about that. What were your biggest takeaways uh, from Bulls? Well, when he said uh, Kyle Trask is not the starting quarterback yet, 
that blew me away. You know, the everybody, all the scuttlebutt, everything was like, you know, Kyle Drass is going to get the get the keys. He's going to drive it. It's going to be his boat. Bowles was asked about uh, as you rock. You asked him. You referenced Trask as the number one quarterback, and he immediately tapped the brakes. He's not. He's not starting quarterback yet. Right. Okay. So they've been they've been talking him up, and I, I go back to when we were here at the combine a year ago, and we're at, we're talking to Bruce Arians. And he was like, oh, Kyle Trask. Oh, I really like Trask. Oh, I like building the roster. Oh, okay. Then Brady decides to come back. Then we go to the uh, breakers for the NFL owners meetings. Then they have the press conference where Brady shows up. Arians is going to go in the ring of honor. And I raised my hand and I said, Bruce, when we saw you in Indy, you were talking up Kyle Trask. And he goes, I had no choice. That's what he actually said at that press conference. So that's why I take that with a grain of salt. So we all know the situation. You know, Trask is the only quarterback on the roster. Canales, when we sat with him, Lee, afterwards, we're not allowed to tell everything that he said. Anything, actually. But he was a little bit different, kind of like he's the only quarterback that I got on the roster. The biggest impression I got out of today from Bowles and from Jason Light, we got to pay the piper. They're not all in on doing everything that they can do, including finagling money and cap-wise to try to go all out. It was like, we knew we were going to be in this situation. We're going to do the best that we can within reason, things like that. They got to drop some big names. They got to find some money. They're not going to overspend. That was the one part of reality that that, that I take away from today. Yeah, I thought one other thing interesting from Light, was the offensive line he you know didn't want to commit to anything but if you piece together the nuggets he committed to a lot he did say that ryan jensen would be back yes and so jensen could have been a cap casualty you know not 100 percent health and whatever but he also was very strong on luke getticke at left guard that hey he kind of got a raw deal uh, as far as you know had a gauntlet of guys he had to go through and he came out strong and we he, he went right to Gedeke. He didn't mention Hainsey once as a potential left guard moving over. He didn't mention the other guys. He went right to uh, to Gedeke. So I would expect Gedeke to be the starting left guard, pretty much handed to him. And he also was clear that we're not going to make any trades on the offensive side for players who are supporting the new quarterback. I, I wouldn't touch that. He sort of implied if there's a trade, it would be on the other side. So I think we're looking at an intact offensive line. Minus Donovan Smith, who Ira already said is out of here on the last podcast. So, you know, I think that that's an interesting thing where it's questions answered. And, of course, Leonard Fournette is now gone, which right. creates a whole new set of questions. Right. How about with Lee when you asked him about Tristan Wirfs? I was yeah. surprised. It's well, I just bluntly asked him. You know, I know a lot of people out there, they want Tristan Wirfs to play left tackle. Number one, I know that's not, that's not plug and play, number one. Number two, I've been very clear don't you dare move Tristan Wirfs. Yeah. He's a Hall of Famer right now. Never fix something that's not broken. That's my motto in life. Right tackle for the Bucks is sure as hell not broken. I, so I, I asked him about, can Tristan Wirfs play left tackle? He basically said, I don't know. I know. I was surprised that he answered that. But maybe he's not giving anything away. And But I was very surprised. Very, very surprised. I do agree with you, Steve. The demeanor in Todd Bowles is like a different man. Is it because he's got a lot of his own guys now? 
you know, I know we he, he referenced Arians. Like, he's really tight with Arians, but that doesn't mean the guys that Arians had coaching under him that Bowles was all in with. This is the most relaxed and confident I agree with you, both here and when he was on the podium. Yeah, Why it's the most that? I've ever seen him. Yeah. I, I, I have to think maybe under his uh, pullover, he's wearing his shirt that says, bye-bye Byron on it. I don't know what else to think. Yeah. What do you was... think about his offensive line coach is what he said. They're still salvageable. Salvageable. Jason Light did not want to touch the Byron Leftwich question at all. He said that is for Todd Bowles. And so maybe, you know what? It, it's Bowles a, didn't want to talk about No, it, it isn't. And you know what Canales was telling us? That Todd Bowles basically has given the keys of the offense to Canales. Mm-hmm. He really is. And remember when Canales was saying when Bowles, when he was interviewing and Bowles was asking him things and Bowles would be going, He'd ask him a question, and then Canales will go, well, what do you think? He goes, no, no, what will you do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Well, Rock, I got to say, he may be giving him the keys to the offense, but he's telling him where to drive. You know, he's telling he is, but he said he wants new ideas. He wants younger, younger, like younger, younger thoughts. And how he was saying how the game is today, like it's changed. He's not like the old school. So he does. Well, he's brand want- new in his presentation, and and it's going to be a night and day. You know, with the energy and the expectations and the different slant. And I think they kind of. I think Jason Light alluded to that they needed a new voice to lead a new offense. Yes, you know, and that that's an important complete change but i still think uh todd bowles is going to be telling oh, run 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 and run some more and oh. this is what we're gonna uh, how we're gonna approach it now there's something else that i really want to tell all your joe bucks fan listeners is this about florida's elite restoration rock because that is your first phone call florida's elite restoration when you have any disaster in your home or your business flooding water damage mold Storm damage, whatever it is, Florida's Elite Restoration.com. You call them first and you get a free assessment of what's happening in your property, what it'll take to fix it. And if you move forward with them, if you want to use their service after that, uh, you're going to get $500 back from Florida's Elite Restoration. And maybe that's money for your insurance deductible. And they are experts when it comes to working with insurance companies. All you have to do is mention Joe Bucks fan or Ira Kaufman when you first call. Owner Josh Martin of Florida's Elite Restoration and some of his operators, they have more than two decades combined of experience on the other side, working as adjusters in insurance companies, knowing uh, the games and the tricks that insurance companies play and the corruption to not get you paid. So you are protected when you go with Florida's Elite Restoration, when you have that disaster. They're licensed mold remediation specialists, and they're given 500 bucks to the grand prize of our Pick the Pick contest at the JoeBucksFan.com draft party that we talked about. Very cool. Florida's Elite Restoration.com. Florida's Elite Restoration.com. File that website away so you know who to call. This was surprising to me today. I was at the Super Bowl, Media Row, all week. I was on shows, listening, going around for four days. Nobody at the Super Bowl, media-wise, from around the world, was asking or talking about the Bucks, and I was like, "Oh my God!" Yeah. Right, right, right. I, I thought, "Oh, this is irrelevant." Other than you know, we did the Fox big presentation, and Jimmy was there, and they're all giving Tom advice. They think that's the best thing. Bradshaw said that he can do take a year off. He's got to study, and he'll study. But today, I was really surprised at the amount of interest. 
when Bowles was up there and light out of town media on the Bucks, and they think it's kind of like, okay, Brady's gone. What are you going to be? What are you going to be? Did you see somebody? Did you just hear something? Was it worth it for the three years you had yeah. Brady to get? And I think it was Jason Light. Like, are you kidding me? Like, and he was laughing. Yes, it was. <laughs> yeah, worth he sort of it. asked him if that third year was worth it. And right. Like, come on, come man. on. Yeah, you we got just a went Super thirteen Bowl. and four. And Tom Brady's coming back. What, right. what are you talking about? Uh, Lee Leonard Fournette. He's gone. Released is the word. It's not a huge salary cap savings, according to the uh, salary cap sites. Of course, the Bucks need to shave every every amount they need to, but $3.5 million is the savings on Lenny, who had signed a three-year deal prior to last year. So, you know, hey, an iconic Buccaneer. People will be talking about playoff Lenny for decades uh, because of what he contributed in that season. But bottom line, as far as this podcast today, what I want to get your take on, Lee, is they lost their leading rusher, 668 yards, three touchdowns. He also caught 73 balls for 523 yards and three touchdowns. That's a lot of production. Where is it going to come from? Exactly. Now, Lenny was fifth in the NFL last year in yards after catch. That's not running backs. That's everybody. Fifth. That's pretty huge. And I guess they figure Rashad White can uh, make up a lot of that. with his. He's got good hands. Rashad White has. Problem is, and this is why Lenny's not here, and this is why Rashad White needs, needs to relax a little bit. A couple weeks ago, Rashard White got kind of bent because a, a hardcore Bucks fan, J.C. Cornell, I'll go ahead and say it. I saw he this. He suggested that John Robinson might be available at 19. I saw this. I think that's more in play than ever. And uh, he didn't like that. Uh, he responded. White, Tell yeah, him. White didn't like that. He goes, wait, 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 wait. Well, Rashad and Lenny, you guys were RB1A and RB1B on the worst rushing attack in the NFL. Calm down. Don't get mad if the, if the GM or the coach wants to get other running backs in because they weren't overly impressed that you guys were the top running backs on the worst rushing team in the league. You guys can change that if you don't like that. He was the leading rusher at 600 and some yards in a really bad rushing team. Jason Light said it today. We got to get faster and we have to get younger. They're older. Lenny is going to be another year older. Yep. Every single practice, here comes Lenny. He doesn't put on his pants. He's over on the hurdles. He's doing this, this. He's rehabbing. He said he had a Liz Frank. I don't know. And then the Bucks never said He's only going to be older. They got to get faster. They got to get younger. I know they're only saving three mil. I think that it was time. They're probably drafting a running back. You know, we, we assume that Keyshawn Vaughn is all smiles at his house today. You know, things life just got better because he's cheap and he'll probably get a chance to compete. He, it was talked about. You see that Jason Light? Uh, was Jason Light up there or was it Bowles? Asked about Keyshawn Vaughn and he said he's going to get his shot. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. That. <laughs> Lee, any other uh, big takeaway from Jason Light today? He hit on many subjects. Uh, Levante David, he pretty much said, if he'll take the money we're offering him, we'd love to have him back. Yeah, you wonder if they're going to lowball him or not. The guy is 33. We're just talking about Lenny being yes, about yes. 28. Yeah. Name me a, a stud linebacker at 33. And I don't want to give anything away. Didn't Bowles tell us today? He kind of in between the lines was saying White was a better linebacker. Well, one thing Bowles said on the, at the podium, he basically laid out that Devin White is our most special football player. And that's something we're going to talk to uh, Todd Bowles about. That he's seen him make plays that he hasn't seen in 30 years from a Yeah, that was quite a statement. We get into that's that. That's a hell of a statement. Yeah, we get into that with Bowles and, and pressed him on that, which was kind of a, a cool thing in the podcast. 
But he said there, Rock, I don't know if you caught it, he said, Devin White, a top two defensive player on our team. And I followed up a couple minutes later saying, well, well who's the other guy? And Bull's re- response was, it changes every week. Yes. So that's him basically saying Devin White is our best defensive yes. player. Yes. Didn't he also say, he goes, he takes a lot of heat on some tackles he misses, guys miss. He also makes some tackles that I don't see anybody make. So, no, he now he's a guy that still is young. There, there's a guy that you can keep and build around. When I'm saying that they're slow and older, it ain't Devin White. So, Rock, as long as we got you here, because we don't get yeah. to argue with you. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you, oh, and I you, love when you argue with Sage. And you like to be nice to everybody. We got to get you uh, to take some stands so we can throw darts at you. Uh huh. Who are you keeping on this defense, Rock? Because they can't keep everybody. Jamel Dean, Will Golston, <sighs> Levante David. Will, I know. Will, what's going on? Will Golston, again, you're, 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 very, you're old. You're older. You're older. I know. I know. If you're going to get, I'd say Will Golston, see you. Jamel Dean's going to cost you so much. But I, boy, oh boy, he's really shown to be very, very good. What did Jason Light say? I wish we could get more edge rushers. I want to see that from Thank maybe you. in the draft. I think you're going to see that. And it might be even at 19, or at least that's going to be high. They, and Shaq Barrett's coming off the Achilles. Is he going to be any better? Vita Vea. At 30. Yeah. Vita Vea, you got to get to the quarterback. So I think <laughs> that's going to be a big emphasis we're going to see in the draft and maybe maybe a free agent or two. D-line and, and edge. So who are you paying, Rock? If it's Levante or Dean, who are you paying? Are you going to keep Anthony Nelson, who's been versatile and is probably worth the money as a rotational guy? I would keep Anthony Nelson, and I know there's going to be a lot of people that are going to take issue with me. Levante David was tremendous, but what he is going to cost you, if it was me and it comes down to Jamel Dean or Levante, Levante, you were one of the all-time greats. It's time. Go ahead. Sean Murphy Bunting? (laughs) Sean Murphy Bunting, it's another one. It's time to go. It's quite a chess game because if you, you know they got to make some of these decisions here, and you don't know what the player is, how the player is going to respond, right? So let's say they offer Murphy Bunting a uh, seven million over, you know, seven million a year for three years. Well, suppose he says, "Well, I want to test the market," and then they tell Dean what they're looking at, and he says, "Well, my agent says I can get two million more. I want to test the market," and right. then they got a low ball, and here that will and, happen. That will happen. Logan Ryan, I'm sure, is a love. A guy, the versatile guy, they would love to have back if he's cheap. But how cheap, you know? So, what, what, what do you, how do you think that plays out, Lee? I'd be surprised if Logan Ryan's back. And does he want to play for this team anymore? He, he came here because of Brady. He thought they had a, uh, another Super Bowl run in him. I can't see him coming back. Probably the same with Keanu Neal. Although this is home for him, I, I would be surprised, very surprised. If Logan Ryan's back, although he does live in Tampa, so but I, I you know I talked to Logan Ryan before back in, during the season. He said he came here because of Brady. Real simple. He thought he thought the Bucks still had a chance to make a run. So I don't think anybody in their right mind thinks the Bucks can make a run, win a division. Who knows? After that, no. Come on. And, I mean, he uh, was a nice veteran and all that, and, and he was dinged up too. But he was—he's oh, injured. He's injured, and again, he's no spring chicken. I don't think that's a big loss. I don't. No, they need to get younger, and uh, yeah. changes changes coming. Yes. Well, uh, one guy coming is Todd Bowles to the Ira Kaufman podcast again for his second appearance. A sage, of course. Uh, we send our thoughts to him. Uh, He's got uh, some family challenges, but he is uh, fired up for bowls, and he's on the uh, on the phone with us. 
Ira, uh, here he comes right now. Here comes Todd Bowles, Sage. All right, here we are. Ira Kaufman Podcast, Radio Row at the NFL Scouting Combine. Coach Bowles is here with us, Ira, which, of course, is always a treat. We appreciate him taking his valuable time. He could be studying players, but he's talking to you. I'm not sure the value of that, Ira, but... Here you are. How are you, Sage? I'm doing well. And uh, all right, Todd, it's been about six weeks since uh, the Dallas uh, playoff game. Uh, you've had six weeks to think about it. Todd, there's a lot of ways to look at it. Uh, was 2022 a, a successful season in your eyes? No, anytime I, I think you don't get to the Super Bowl, it's not a successful season, I thought. And anytime you don't play great football in December, it's not really a successful season. I thought it was a little bit up and down more mistake orientated than anything else and you know i think it, a lot of things could factor into that but at the end of the day it wasn't good enough todd one of the things we debate on this podcast all the time is uh you know the rushing game and the attempts todd from a head coaching standpoint you've been doing this for a while todd when you're not getting the production out of the run game how hard is it to stick with it and um you know, is it a matter of how many rushing attempts you have or how efficient you are at it? It's really how efficient you are at it. You know, it's one thing to not run it if they're crowding the box and they're putting everybody up there and you know you have to throw. It's another thing when you're in ball games and you have to do it just because you have to keep some of the pressure off your quarterback because he really can't move and get out of the way. So it's a combination of both and we should have been better. Todd, you said it's, it's a different time for us. That That's right. I, I saw you on YouTube. I watched you. And you said it's a different time for us today. It's life after Brady, Todd. I mean, it is what it is. So talk about uh, maybe a shift uh, a little bit in philosophy. Where are the Glazers on this? I know you sat down with them uh, a, a little bit. How's the team philosophy changed since uh, you know Brady's not going to be there? Well, it's changed in a way. It's not complete yet because we don't have all the pieces in place to move forward, being quarterback competition in the room to go along with Kyle. Uh, it's changed. It hasn't changed yet because we don't have the guys back for a while. But from a coordinator standpoint, you know, schematically it's changed some. It's gone from a deep passing team more or less to try to play more complimentary football that doesn't mean we're not going to throw it a bunch you know just try to establish the running game some with it but we're going to take what the other team gives us it's just a new scheme so it's going to be new for our offensive guys to learn and so from that standpoint it's changed but we still got to play team football coach uh really interesting thing you said on the podium there you said Devin white makes tackles makes plays you haven't seen in 30 years it's a really strong statement i know that you don't take that lightly can you give us a couple of examples maybe one or two in your mind that maybe fans can go back and look at and or just really maybe what those generally are you know sometimes we get wide bunches and they they fake the run fake and they throw the quick screen out wide and they got two blockers on the corner and the safety and Devin comes out of nowhere I mean he flies across the field and he he keeps it to about a three or four yard gain he does some things that you just can't coach and that you just can't do it is is nose for the football is uncanny and it's one of the best in the league and there's just not guys on every team that you can go around and say that about and so for the few plays that he misses you know I think we tend to beat him up a little more than we should because the plays that he makes go unnoticed and he does a lot for our defense he does a lot for our team and I'm happy with him 
Do you think Devin knows how special he is with those plays? Do you try to let him know, hey, man, this is how phenomenal you are sometimes? Or how do you coach a guy like that? You just coach him. You don't try to tell him how phenomenal he is. You try to give him things for his toolbox to get better and become a better player and become better mentally and physically overall so he can play the type of games he needs to play. Would you prefer to see him blitz more like he did in previous years? Is that the goal within your defense, the way it usually should look? I think Devin can do anything. I think he'll be a great cover guy and a great blitzer, so that that's the value of him. We can do a lot of things with him, and I think he's good at both of them. Last one on defense before I throw you to Lee. I think when you got the job, or maybe a year after as defensive coordinator, you said you got to change your defense every few years. It can't just keep being the same thing. And I know you're always making changes game to game, but is there something structurally that you feel you always have to change with a defense or an offense? Structurally, yes, depending on who you have up front or who you have on the edge, you have to train structurally. If you have new DBs, depending on what their strengths are, you could go from man to zone to zone to man, depending on what they do best. And then you got to see how people are starting to attack you. So you have to start tweaking it towards that way as well so there's a bunch of balls in the air when you talk about changing your defense but you have to eventually narrow it down to how it works for everybody and see what we can do better first then try to see what people are doing against us that we need to change todd i think every fan hopes somehow or another you can find a way to keep levante david i know nothing is certain and having said that let's say unfortunately levante walks away could we be seeing a different devin white because I'm assuming he would have a, a lot of different responsibilities if Levante's not on the roster. I don't think he'll have different responsibilities. I think the first two years he would have had it. Devin's grown into a leader and knows the game about as well as Levante does. So that from that standpoint, we won't have a different Devin. He'll be missing a sidekick if he were to leave. But he, we won't have a different Devin because Devin has kind of almost mastered the play calling almost as much as we give it to him defensively so he's really grown mentally as a football player you said something today that almost blew me away i never ever expected a defensive core ex-defensive coordinator to say this he said there's no such thing as balance and i and i go round and round about this and i always use the quote uh i forget his name mississippi state coach just passed away mike leach yeah mike leach mike, mike leach. leach yeah and I know that what he said is extreme, and his offense was extreme. But he basically, he would go nuts when everybody talked about a balanced offense. Because that's the last thing you want to do. He always talked about the wishbone. He goes, there's nothing balanced about the wishbone. But he said his idea of balance is all your weapons get an opportunity to get the ball. Is that a better definition? That's a, that's a big definition of it because you, you don't have to run the ball. if you're throwing. There's a lot of teams that throw flare screens and throw check downs and screens and those are equivalent to runs, mm -hmm. but they don't show up in the stat sheet. So you can run the ball without running the football per mm -hmm. se, but you can. there's a bunch of ways around that. As long as you can get your playmakers the ball in places they need the ball in, I think that's the epitome of an offensive football team. Do you feel more comfortable this year that, you know, you were kind of thrown in the fire as a head coach, and he even took you for a loop. You talked about it. Like when Bruce called you, like, what are you, sick or something? What's going on? Do you feel more comfortable now that you're, you've gotten a full offseason? You're getting to go to the combine as the head coach, and you're getting to do a lot more things that a head coach would normally do. I think I was comfortable before, but at the same time, you know, knowing the schemes you want to implement and knowing what type of team you want to bring together, I think I'm more comfortable that way. When you get it at the end of March, 
and everything's kind of set in stone. And we had a good team, so it shouldn't have changed. But sometimes, even when you win a Super Bowl, change is necessary. And I thought we stand, stood pat again, and we got away with a 13-4 and four season, and we stood pat again, and it didn't work so well for us. So now change is necessary, and change doesn't mean a bad thing. I mean, mm-hmm. when you lose a, the greatest quarterback of all time, it's a bad thing, but that doesn't mean you're going to go 0-17. Mm-hmm. That just means you have to revamp your team and you have to win a different way. One of the things I've been a broken record about, you know, and I and I can't stop talking about it. Todd, you, you just you just played Mahomes, Burrow, Josh Allen, you saw Jalen Hurts. Todd, ultimately, ultimately, you got to have the guy under center. Now, you had Brady for, for three years, and New York maybe was a different story. But, Todd, going forward... How crucial is it? I know it's a team game, but to find that guy under center, uh, you, you can't overstate the importance of it. It's always important to have a quarterback, number one, because he's got to be the smartest guy on the field and he's got to run your offense. Now, it's rare when you get him a Holmes, a Burrow, or a Josh Allen, or a Tom Brady type. and There's not 32 of them in the league. It's just not going to happen, and there's definitely not 32 of them coming out of college. So you have to win what you got, and you have to get better. Whatever the quarterback is lacking, you have to pick up either on the offensive line, the running backs, or the receivers, or the tight ends. So he doesn't have to be a great quarterback. There's been regular quarterbacks or just decent quarterbacks win Super Bowls and go to playoffs year in and year out. And unfortunately, when you're not picking number one or top three, you're not going to get to pick that guy per se. And you're definitely not going to get them in free agency because they're all going to be under contract or they're going to cost you an arm and a leg. So you have to try to create a team and make sure that quarterback follows the process. And then when you get that one or somebody falls in your lap, you try to take advantage of it. And meanwhile, you got to try to win otherwise. Uh, Talk a little bit about Joe Tryon. He played 75% of the snaps, Todd, last year. 75 four sacks he didn't have a forced fumble Todd impact plays minimal what are you expecting from Tryon in year three uh, he flashes at times but what does he need to do consistently well, Joe has he has to finish at the top of his rush you know he's got his hands on the quarterback a bunch of times but he's leaving his feet you know as well as TFLs he's doing the same thing he's getting back there he's very active he looks like a deer he runs like a deer he got all the talent in the world, and he played hard. I think it was his full year because he sat out a year. His full year starting, but he's got to finish at the top of the rush. You know, every time he gets close, he falls off. He probably had more missed sacks than he did sacks. And, you know, we're not down on him. That's just an area he's got to get better at, and I think Coach Edwards can help him with that. But this is the first year since I've been coaching the 3-4 defense that the interior guy – have more sacks than the outside linebackers. This defense is built for outside linebackers to lead the team in sacks, and, and that didn't happen this year. And, you know, once Shaq went down, it became tough sledding, and we can blitz and do other things to get pressure, but that position has to come through for us with at least eight or more sacks every year. Coach, uh, we have fun with Ira, and we scream at each other trying to figure out the priorities for this team. You know, it's part of being this time of year. You know, who's more important, this guy, that guy? And we can't come to a consensus. You know, I'm ready to smack Lee about Jamel Dean. We can't afford him. And he's ready to tell me we, we can't not have him. But I got to ask you, how hard has it been or how hard is it at one buck place to come to a consensus with Jason Light when you have so many variables at play? And, of course, then you have ownership who wants to help set a direction 
Can you talk about that process or the challenge there? I think the talks have gone well and our meetings have gone well. Like I said, we have a plan and we kind of prioritize what we need to do as far as shedding the cap and as far as trying to get certain guys back. Now, if somebody blows them away with over-the-top money, then that's something you can't control. But at the same time, we have a plan of where we need to go and what we need to do to get better without emptying the wagon, so to speak, and then without breaking the bank because you don't want to sign them. Like, we're in, we're in cap trouble right now you don't want to sign a guy that's going to put you in more cap trouble you know there's very few tom brady's that come along once in a lifetime so we got to be smart about it and we got to be real smart about it and we got to do the right things and try to get the guys back that we can and we know we can't afford everybody and some we got to take a calculated risk but some people may fall in your lap as well because there'll be june first cuts as well from other teams not just us and you know we'll see what's out there and we'll keep our eyes open meanwhile we'll see if our some of our guys get paid and some of them will come back but we'll prioritize the certain guys that we want to come back on the offensive line uh, left guard how do you see that position where it was last year what it could be going forward uh going forward i thought luke started out there then uh, leverett came in and did a solid job obviously we didn't run the ball well so we always want to be better there I thought we were a little smaller in there. I thought we got smaller last year from when we had uh, Marpet and when we had uh, Cincinnati. We had uh, Kappa. We had Kappa. Kappa, so we got a little smaller there. We want to be a little bigger there. And those guys, no, no disrespect for them. They played hard and they played tough, but we want to build up a little bit interior-wise. I remember uh, before you came in, I was talking to Donovan Smith one time, and I, you know, some people were saying maybe he should play right tackle and. And I didn't know if that was good or not. And I asked him, I said, how, how much of a challenge is that? And he told me that's, that's a bigger challenge than people realize. With Tristan Works, you know, I don't want to get you in any trouble, but there's speculation out there. There's chatter with fans. Could he play left tackle? There is a big difference, obviously. If you start that, you better start early. Mm. You don't want to start during the season. You know, you don't want to say, summer camp, move him over. That's not going to happen because – one hand is more dominant than the other. One foot is more dominant than the other. Donovan's right. It's a lot harder mm-hmm. to say than to do. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like elephants in the outfield, so to speak. But, you know, if if that were to come about, we'll deal with it at that time. But Tristan's a good athlete. But there is a big difference between the right and the left tackle. Last one for me, Todd. Thanks so much for your time. And, Todd, I know uh, you're going to want to talk about uh, this gentleman. He's young. But uh, I think you love his future. Uh, and that's Thad Lewis. Todd, what has he shown you uh, over three years? Uh, what's the ceiling for Thad Lewis in terms of uh, uh, what's he going to be five years from now? And how excited are you that uh, he's going to be a big part of this team going forward? He's been nothing but effort since he's come in here. He's His willingness to learn, he'll even come sit in the defensive meetings, some with the coaches and sit down and watch tape trying to learn different things he was a heck of a quarterback in college he was coached very well when he first got here he spent some time with the quarterbacks he did a heck of a job there his film study is outstanding he's always probably the third one in the building coach Moore being first me being second Thad being third and coach Moore I get in at like four o'clock four fifteen sometime coach Moore has already worked out and showered and watched coffee and he's already watching film so I gotta say he must get into work around two Cause I, I don't, and then Thad gets in about 15 minutes after me. But the, the guy's a very bright guy. He understands the game inside out. He's good with footwork. 
He's good with reading and arm placement. He's good with drills. I, I think he can relate to the younger players with him being fairly young himself. His ceiling five years from now as an offensive coordinator and down the line, he's probably he's going to be a head coach in this league. Uh, he's one of the bright young coaches in this league, and you know we're happy to have him there. Coach, just about Coach Moore. So let's say he gets in at three. Well, we'll give him three o'clock. How how late does he work? I mean, what what is this? What is really going on here? Because it's really it's almost like a medical miracle if he's oh, working fourteen hours. He's there until everybody else is gone. I mean, he's not nine o'clock, but he's like six seven p.m. Damn, and, and he's he's in there when I park my car and back in. That car is always there. Does he have a secret or what? I mean, you said on the podium that he's giving you a lot of advice. Is it some of it physical? I I do not. No, he didn't give me any physical advice. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should ask him about that. But no, he, he's a very sharp guy. He's in there watching film, studying all the time. He has a very good feel for the offensive uh, side of the ball. He's still one of the brightest coaches in the game today. Much respect. He's not yet there just to be there, you know, and he wouldn't want to be, but he's very bright and he helps me a great deal. Is he the primary person tasked with evaluating the quarterbacks that could be giving Kyle Trask competition when you spoke of bringing in competition? Well, we have a few people uh, evaluating that task as well. So he's not the only guy. Thad does it. Canales does it. You know, we got people over there evaluating the quarterbacks of what we need to do going forward that fit what, what our offense is going to be. Did you come into this with um, a few names for competition for Kyle Trask from players that you studied on the other side of the ball and say, hey, I, I like that guy and this is why? I've seen some. You know, it, it's not even about the names you come in with. It's about, first of all, what we can afford and what we're sitting there with and who fits our scheme, so to speak. We have a few names in mind, you know, not to tip anything for the other teams. We'll keep them quiet. And we'll, and we'll see how free agency falls. And uh, last one I have for you, I wish we could talk to you all day, but we can't be greedy. Yeah, we can't be yeah. greedy. I, I got to tell you, Todd, I watched you at the podium today everywhere. Like you're steaming with confidence, which, you know, gave me, gives me a ton of confidence and I think should give everybody watching a lot of confidence. What would you say to Bucks fans if they come up to you in the store and they say, Todd, why should we be really confident this year that we're going to take a step and uh, it's going to be a good season, whatever it is? Because we still have good players. We still have Mike Evans. We still have Devin White. We still have Chris Godwin. Uh, Kate Otten's coming on. Rashad's coming on. You still got Vita. You still got Shaq. You still got Winfield. You still have a group, a good core of players. The cover's not bare. You know, the cover's not bare. We just have to play team football. We got to coach it better, and they got to play it better. But we've still got some exciting players at every position almost on this team, and we'll add some new ones that become more exciting. All right, well, Ira, thanks. Uh, we're going to say goodbye to Todd. I promised Todd that we wouldn't ask him to sing. So I appreciate that. Don't worry about that. And uh, you, you do have an Ira impression. I won't put you on the spot with that, but at some point we got to get it in 2023. Right? Oh, I'm ready for that one. Right. I'm ready for that one now. Let it rip if you want to. <laughs> well, thank you, Steve. We're going to go to Big Storm Beer. You know, uh, you know, and, and the biggest thing is, is who is that? Our Ford dealership, I remember I got my first car driving down Del Mabry. Had to be about 1968. Top <laughs> back, sunny day. You know, I was, I was asking my wife, you know, you know, things have changed since we, we've been ahead. But anyway, anyway, more about Tom Brady. You know, this Brady guy. 
<laughs> Todd, Todd. All right, thanks, Coach. <laughs> An iconic moment right there from Todd Bowles doing his Ira Kaufman impression. On the next podcast, we'll talk more about uh, the scenario uh, with Bowles coming over and getting a chat with him afterwards and a little, little bit before. And uh, just appreciate Todd taking the time and going out of his way to get to us where we were. And uh, we'll uh, we'll save those goodies for the next podcast. All right, we're going to dive into uh, on our next episode into some of the things there that Todd Bowles revealed, and of course, we'll be writing about it at JoeBucksFan.com. And you can shop for a vehicle at BillCurryFord.com. BillCurryFord.com. That's the family name. C U R R I E. Sixty three years, right there in Tampa, mile north of Raymond James Stadium. BillCurryFord. Dot com Big Storm Beer, grab a Bromosa today. It's in all the stores, Rock. Uh, you can go to Publix and grab Bromosa. Fantastic. They're Tangerine IPA and so many other beers. BigStormBrewery.com. Looking forward, Lee, to dissecting uh, that Bowles interview and, and so many layers to it. We'll get Ira back on the line for that. Next podcast, we'll also have John Lynch weighing in here from the Scouting Combine nice. and maybe another guest or two, which is pretty cool. And remember, Florida's Elite Restoration is your phone call, your first phone call, anytime you have a disaster in your home or business, water, fire damage, whatever disaster it is, Florida's Elite Restoration.com. I got to say, Lee, uh, I get the feeling that they are fine with Trask, but there was great emphasis on bringing him competition, which makes sense. We talked about it earlier, but my question is who, right? So the crazy thing for me is that they're going to look at everybody, and yeah, it sounds like they're out of the Derek Carr sweepstakes, but you know, it's happened before where a good quarterback becomes available because he just doesn't have a fit. And maybe somehow Jimmy Garoppolo's available for a one year deal for $10 million. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's, that happens. And, they're, and they can go to Jimmy G and say, well, if you can beat out Kyle Trask, you're going to be our starting quarterback. I don't rule that out. Even a Baker Mayfield, suppose he becomes available for like $7 million and is willing to do a prove-it contract. I think that could change. Where do you think they're thinking there? I hope they're not thinking about Baker Mayfield. He's a cancer. So, I mean, I really don't know because I couldn't get a a read on these guys. Outside, they have to bring quarterbacks in because they only have one right now. So somebody's coming in. Light didn't rule out drafting one. I know he was asked about that. He didn't rule it out. Didn't say yes, didn't say no. Didn't rule it out. Uh, I think they got to go cheap. If they're going to get rid of Len- Leonard Fournette and Ed- 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 and Levante, they got to go cheap, I think. I think. Because who's going to be out there worth uh, paying a massive price for when you're, when you're shedding talent? The Drew Locks of the world. Crap like that. What do you think, Rock? I suppose that Teddy Bridgewater falls, falls oh. away from Miami, free agent, and he's available for... $4 million, as an example, right? When Ryan Fitzpatrick got here, they were paying him three. And you think they want a controversial guy like that? And I say controversy, meaning he could start. He has been pretty good in the league before. And, yeah, he's going to be real competition. And, yeah, the fans might get behind him. Or do you think they want the Drew Locke types, like Lee says, which is no one's going to be excited about Drew Locke? I think because the NFC South is still a crapshoot, that they've got a chance. Can they not win nine games? You might be able to do that. Trask, I don't know if it's going to be starting right off the top. We'll see. But if not, you're going to have a bridge backup, and you're probably going to get another kid from the draft. 
that would make three right there. They're going to bring in four. So, you know what? If it's a Bridgewater, could they pull off a deal with a Justin Fields? Is it something like that? Maybe maybe behind the scenes they're working on something. I, I, you can't, know? I can't imagine this team without Tom Brady. Unless you're telling me Byron Leftwich was that terrible, which I won't disagree with. Unless you're telling me Byron Leftwich was that terrible. How are they going to win nine games without Tom Brady? Nine games, Lee. In the NFC South. They couldn't win nine games with Tom Brady. No, I know. No, it was terrible. The offense was terrible. (laughs) It was so predictable. Here's one that we're all overlooking. And I asked uh, Light about this. and I know Steve loved the the way I phrased the question. I asked Light. I said, you know, last year at this very building, Bruce Aarons was telling everybody who would listen, I can win with Blaine Gabbert. Blaine Gabbert's my guy. I said, and I asked Light verbatim, the exact question, has Blaine Gabbert fallen off the map that bad? Because he's cheap, and, you know, Light kind of, well, I don't know about that, and, but he didn't say we were going to bring him back. He no, didn't say that at all. No, and they said, you know, I think I think he's one of those where we're going to keep looking, we're going to keep looking. That's, oh, not, we, very, that's we not very confidence can, No, building. I know, I know, but well, you're going to go with just Trask? They're, they're telling us that Trask is out there every day, out the window, by himself. And I was almost going to say, is he throwing the receivers? Like, what is he doing by himself? I, I couldn't get rock and him throwing the ball straight up in the air and yeah, catching yeah, 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 yeah. But what's that tell you? The head coach, at the time the head coach, Sat here last year and stomped his feet, told everybody, Blaine Gambert's my guy. And a year later, the GM won't even say they're bringing him back. And he's cheap. It's not like he's won $15 million a year. He's league minimum. So what's that tell you? Was somebody a year ago full of it? Or did he piss someone off with the buck? Why the 180? In 12 months, in 12 months, this guy went from being, damn it, he's going to lead us to the playoffs. Like, eh, I don't know. Maybe because this offense is going to be quite a bit different with Canales. And Gabbert was here because he knew Arian's system so well. Remember, he came from Arizona. Mm -hmm. It's a totally new offense. He might not be a fit for that. Just a theory, I think, that with Gabbert, there may be some feeling that because Gabbert has relationships with the players and he's got some chemistry with the receivers, if they want Trask to win the job, and Gabbert shows up and looks better early, they may have a problem within the team because, hey, why are, uh, why are they doing Blaine like that? And we know he's this, and we like him, and he you know he has barbecue with this guy. And <laughs> it just feels like there could be a problem there, and nobody wants Blaine Gabbert as quarterback, which I think is the answer to the question today. <laughs> right. right. But, Rock, are, are we missing forest, the forest for the trees here? What do you mean? Are they going to go with Trask because... They figured they'll get a top five pick next year. See, I, I, I swear, I, I still may kind of ask that in a nice way. <laughs> how, how No one is ever going to admit to that. No. no, You know what I mean? Yeah, no, they're but not going to admit it. they stress today, we're going to do what we can within reason. So that means that they're in salary cap. Hell, they, they kind of are. I don't think so, Lee. I don't think so. I'll say this, because if you want to tank, you got to get rid of some... Great players. Which they very well made. And Tom Brady walked away. Was he great at the very end? Would he have been great this year? I don't know. But you got to trade Ryan Jensen. If you really want to yeah, tank, you got to yeah. get rid of somebody of Ryan substance. Jensen. you got you got to get rid of one of the receivers. We also don't know what, what Jensen's going to be like. I mean, the way he talked last week about that knee, it doesn't sound like he's ever going to be the same Ryan Jensen. No, but how the hell did he play an entire game I know, without I, any that's, steps? That's, that was incredible. Yeah. We were over at his locker, and he was going on and on. It was unbelievable. He didn't look like he was in pain. No, at the he locker. did that yeah. stem cell stuff treatment without having a surgery. 
And then there's also some rumbling. You know, don't you think that Brady didn't do some stem cell? You never hear about Brady's That's injuries, true. but whatever. Brady is long gone now. No more. We're looking towards the future. And now. this podcast also is past its <laughs> shelf life, so we're getting out of here. And uh, we'll be back with more from the uh, combine and uh, just the, on the quarterback front. I don't think there's a desire or goal to tank because I really don't think they're really sure what they have in in Kyle Trask and. Would they really sell Dave Canales on, you know, hey, we're going to tank, man, and maybe we'll get a quarterback, and we got to run the ball? I don't know. The whole thing's weird. Well, you know what? The I, NFC South sucks. That's my point. The NFC South sucks. Yeah. yeah. So they got a yeah. shot. Why yeah, would you tank when you got a shot? They got a shot. I mean, he I, could uh, be good. He could be good. There was no way I could figure out. Maybe I'm just this dense. But when Canales spoke off the record on the side last week, I was trying to figure out a way how I could ask him, Dave. You're coming to a team where your coach looks like he's on the hot seat. I know there's some people out there just punching a wall. What do you mean looks like? God did get him to the playoffs. So we don't know if he's this year or gone. We don't, and I, there was no way I could figure out a polite way. Why did you come here when your coach might be history after a year? What kind of assurances were you given that you're still going to be around after this year? But, Bleak, didn't he kind of hint when you, we were kind of talking to him? And he was like, is my opportunity. I yeah. finally get an opportunity as as an OC in the NFL. So I did ask him, "Why did you come here?" Yeah, and he gave me an answer I can't repeat because it's no, off no, the no, record. No, right, right, but you right. sort of touched upon it. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, I'm going to turn down an opportunity. I finally I got picked over by. Uh, remember that? You know, he got picked mm-hmm. over in Seattle, and he was ticked off about that. And I got to help another guy now. Okay, I get rid of that for two days, and now he gets this opportunity. It's like when so. we gave Ira an offer, he's like, "How can I turn? How can know, I, I, I turn jump down anything? I'm Joe <laughs> Buck's fan, you know." Ruck, I feel very fortunate. He said that to me a couple times. You know, you know, Ruck, I feel fortunate to be where I am. You got it, Sage. (laughs) All right, we're out of here. Plenty more to touch on. Literally, uh, Jason Light and Todd Bowles talked for an hour combined. So uh, this podcast isn't an hour, but we got plenty more to hit on. And uh, go Bucks.